Welcome back to The Duck Stops Here, University of Oregon's alumni podcast. I'm Michelle Joyce Fife, and I'm here to tell you that today's guest is poised and ready to give coffee giants like Starbucks a run for their money. I was like, hey, there's this billboard six feet away from the Starbucks. Like, A, we need to take it. B, we need to put up something that's like pretty witty. So you've got this Starbucks sign, and then six feet away is a sign for a billboard for Clutch that says, for great coffee, keep driving. That was Darren Spicer, CEO and co-founder of Clutch Coffee Bar, a franchise that started in North Carolina and is rapidly expanding throughout the South. He's here to talk to us about his journey growing up in Roseburg, then studying business at the UO before pursuing a successful career in medical sales. But then he decided to make a risky pivot into the world of coffee. He's being interviewed by my colleague, Caitlin Elwood, Associate Director of Engagement for Northern California. She's also a UO grad of the class of 2008, and of course, she loves coffee. So we are in Oregon, and you know we have um, a few coffee places here as well. But tell us about Clutch and maybe what just a few <laughs> and makes what makes it unique amongst coffee. Sure. So we have five locations open right now, all in North Carolina. We are opening our sixth one in Florida, in South Florida, um, in May. So very excited to branch into another uh, big market that's untapped. And the biggest thing is, you know the all the ones you see locally in, in Eugene and in the Northwest, you know, the Dutch bros, the human being, the black rocks, um, and a lot, a lot of the mom and pops, they just don't exist on the East coast. It just doesn't exist. It's Starbucks and Dunkin'. So for us, like I'm, I'm going to be fully transparent. Like I, I worked at Dutch bros, uh, off and on for almost 10 years. So I learned a lot of the base and foundation of, of what I know from them. So I have to give massive credit to that. But I also thought there were things that could be done much better and improved. And we wanted to have our own brand, our own style. So um, that kind of served as the foundation. And I actually worked at a couple other, there was one in Eugene off of, um, oh my gosh, near Sheldon High School. It used to be called Firehouse Coffee. It's now a Dutch Bros as well, but I worked at a bunch of different ones. And so learned a lot of things there and said, okay, I, we can, I think we can do this our own way. So for us, what's different we believe we serve a phenomenal product, and I think our following and our reviews online would would echo that. Um, and we're really focused on speed as well. Two things that I'm really proud of are our two most recent locations. We opened one in Greensboro in January, end of January. Um, on Google, it has, as of yesterday, it has 103 reviews. All 103 reviews are five-star. They don't have a single review that's less, which I've in 15 years of doing this, I've never seen. Um, and then we just opened one uh, last Saturday in a suburb of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. That has 40-something reviews and all are five-star. And it's just really cool to see that where people are just excited about what they're experiencing and, and almost instantly converting from where they were going before to, uh, to Clutch. So. Wow, that's really impressive because I read a, I'm a review reader person on everything I buy and do. And I don't think I've ever seen all five stars at that. Maybe like there's like one or two reviews, but not 103. So very yeah, nice. I did. I, I did a chat. So they at about, I think they were at like 50 something reviews and they were all five star. And I told our manager there, I was like, cause you know, like 
you could ask friends or family to do a review, right? But you also, what you can't control is like, if someone has a bad experience, they're going to tell you and they're going to give you a one star or whatever. So I told the manager, I was like, all right, if you guys hit a hundred five-star reviews with nothing less than a five-star, everybody, every employee at that location, I will give a hundred dollar bonus to. Um, and they hit it and they, and they were stoked, right? They were really excited about it. And I, I think that's, you know, for me, that's money well invested into um, the culture and the crew. And, and it's their, they're now the benchmark for other locations where it's like, this is, uh, you know, I mean, and to be fair, our, our two other stores that are almost three years old, they one has a 4.9 rating and one has a 4.8 across, you know, several hundred reviews. So they're, they're maintaining the brand ethos as well. But, um, but it's, yeah, I, they're kind of the benchmark now. It's like, all right, who's going to, who's going to top that. Right. And, and they're genuine I and mean, the reviews are genuine or not, not manufactured. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's really cool. Uh, I think I saw it on Twitter or Facebook for you, but can you tell the um, billboard story? Oh, yeah. Okay. So there was a billboard that became available literally six feet away from a drive through Starbucks in Winston-Salem. And so, and this is, here's another uh, Oregon network collaboration. We have a, a marketing consultant, Robert Griesinger, who has actually done a good amount of marketing work with the sports marketing program with Whitney Wagner as well. Um, who was one of my former professors. He's our marketing consultant. I was like, hey, there's this billboard six feet away from the Starbucks. Like we got to, A, we need to take it. B, we need to put up something that's like pretty witty. And so we went through some brainstorming process and landed on um, a design that, you know, has the clutch branding. Um, and, and keep in mind our clutch location there is about a, it's like three quarters of a mile away down the street. So you've got this Starbucks sign that, you know, the classic Starbucks sign. And then six feet away right here is a sign for a billboard for clutch that says for great coffee, keep driving. And it has arrows pointing to, to where clutch is. And we had, um, it's been the most engaged photo we've ever put on Facebook or Instagram, which is cool. But then we also had customers, new customers now who saw it. And it, by the way, like when you're in the drive-thru line at Starbucks, it's staring at you. Like you can't avoid it. Like it's right there. And customers who came and they were like, okay, that was incredibly funny. Like we needed to come see what clutch was about, came and tried us out and got hooked and now are new customers. So, um, so it's cool. It, it had some fun and, and it was too good of a placement to not, uh, you know, throw a little shade. I know because I think maybe you would think, well, billboards are like outdated marketing, but because of social media, you can take a picture of the billboard and then it becomes social marketing and digital marketing. So very smart. Yeah. And then, I mean, in the South, like I guess Charlotte, North Carolina considers itself the South billboards are, are very much still a real medium. So, so there it's like, they're there might as well use it to our advantage and have some, you know, have some fun with it. So. So what is the future of clutch? Very bright. Uh, I'm, I'm completely unbiased, right? We're actually in the midst of another round of, of fundraising, which will allow us to, to grow faster. Um, but we have we have plans of of being at 50 plus locations in the next four years um, across a couple of different key markets. So, you know, it's kind of like when you got your first iPhone. I don't know if either of you have iPhone or not, but when you get your first one, it's like you don't know what you wanted or needed until you saw it. And you're like, oh, I want this. Um, similar thing where people's experience typically where we're at is only with Starbucks or Dunkin'. And, and we've become accustomed to just accepting whatever, if that's just very transactional, that that's just, that's just what life is, that's just reality. And then having an experience that is hopefully 
they're more personal, faster, and a better quality is like, oh my goodness, like where has Clutch been all of my life? Like this is something that I want. So that's what's exciting about going into new places where people have no idea what we are or they think, okay, it's another coffee place. And then their mind is blown. So your career path in some ways was, I was thinking about this ahead of time, like non-traditional, but then actually for our generation, I think we're around the same age, um, is almost now it's not considered non-traditional. It's maybe more typical, but can you talk about where you went after college and what led you to where you are now? Right before graduating college, I was, you know, heavily focused in sports marketing and uh, every year the NBA has a job fair. Uh, and I, I had told myself since I was in high school, like if I wasn't good enough to play in the NBA, I wanted to work in it. So the NBA has this job fair. They welcome 150 of the top graduates, upcoming graduates from across the country to go to this job fair. And Oregon was incredibly well represented. Of the 150, there were 11 of us from Oregon, which was awesome. And so I went to that job fair and left there with offers to go to several different teams. And I ultimately chose to go to the Sacramento Kings. So uh, I chose to go there. So I went to the Sacramento Kings right out of college, uh, did very well. There were 20 sales reps there, inside sales reps selling season tickets, um, ended up being the number one producer of the year that I was there. Uh, but I didn't, it took away some of my passion for sports because it became a job. And I didn't love that feeling of like, I, I have to go to work and do this versus like, I get to enjoy the game as a fan. So, you know, my whole plan had been like, okay, we're going to go to school for sports marketing, then we're going to get into prof professional sports. And so I, I do all these things, right? We get to the NBA, we're working in it, we're doing well, not happy. <laughs> so what do you, so what do you do next? Um, and I was like, that was, I had had all the plans mapped out to that point. And then it was like, okay, well, this is a curveball. So what are we going to do? And so I, I kind of just told myself, I'd rather work in the, oh, and by the way, the compensation, I, I made more as a barista in college than I did as the number one uh, sales rep for the King. So it was a little brutal on the compensation front. Um, and so I just kind of told myself, like, I would rather work somewhere else, make a more comfortable living and buy my own tickets to go to a game if I wanted to versus feeling, you know, I was kind of trapped in this just to say that I worked in sports. That's when I kind of pivoted to outside sales. I ended up working, I did outside sales for two years for a seafood company of all things. Um, great experience there. And then ultimately that segued into uh, medical device sales. And I got into the medical device realm um, I was in that field for seven years and would still be in it today if I didn't start Clutch. And um, I just, I had this itch to scratch from an entrepreneurial standpoint of wanting to, to start my own drive through coffee company. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of what led me to where I'm at now. So what do you think motivated you? I mean, because you took a pay cut, what do you think is within you that allows you to make that decision? Ooh, that's a great question. And it was a big pay cut. I'm gonna be honest with you. It was like a 75% pay cut. This is no joke. Like my, my wife is the MVP for allowing me to go chase the dream and like supporting me. Um, I'll give, I'll give her a shout out. She's a cow bear. So keep it in the pack 12. Um, but yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for me was I was going to have massive regret if I didn't at least attempt to go for this. I was okay with the phrase of like fail fast, right? If I go do this and it doesn't work out and I completely bomb it, 
I knew I could go back to the medical device realm and make a very comfortable earning and career and be fine. So for me, it was like, I would rather take this chance and see what I'm capable of and what my partners are capable of versus sitting on the sidelines and playing it safe and saying, oh yeah, like, and seeing someone else do it and be like, oh, I could have done that. Or I had the idea, but I just never acted on it. Right. You know, Mark Cuban is like, you you only have to be right one time. You can fail at a bunch of other things. You have to be right one time. When you and your partners were creating Clutch and coming up with the mission statement and what it's all about, what were the things that were going to be important to you guys as you were planning? Um, There's the three C's of Clutch. So it's customer, culture, and community. Those are the three bedrock things that we, the bedrock pillars that we focus on. Um, Number one, our customer. And for me, what that means is not just the customer we serve through the window, but also my internal customers, my employees. Um, Culture, hardest thing to build, hardest thing to, to, to maintain, but one of, if not the most important. Building something that is not corporate, so to speak, or feels um, cold, but something that's very much a team environment, a family environment um, is really, really important. And then the third is is community. And so uh, I'm a big believer in to whom much is given, much is expected. And uh, our, our charitable efforts and getting woven into the fabric of local communities is super, super important. Um, to date, we, we've been open a little over three years to date. I think we've donated over $40,000 to different causes, whether those be macro, um, like for, you know, the pinky square foundation for children's cancer research, all the way to micro, um, in terms of giving back to local high schools who've had increased budget, uh, challenges during COVID and, and distance learning. So, um, really trying to have an impact at all levels, uh, is, is a big part of the, the community. I feel like there's been like a deterioration of customer service just in the world. And, and I know with Clutch, you guys really put a focus on that, but what do you think it is like in your training of staff or, or you just the people you, the personalities you hire, but what makes that difference? And how do you explain to the people you hire why it's still important? Yeah. I mean, I, I really think customer service is a lost art form. I mean, I, and, and then when you have, when you have the, the brands or the companies that excel at it, they stick out even more as separating themselves, right? Why is Zappos so successful selling shoes? Like it's not because of the shoes, it's because of how they handle customers and how they take care of people and and going above and beyond. So um, for us, it's setting the expectation right out of the gate and letting them know now that we have a foundation that's been built, letting them know that like this is the expectation and then holding them accountable so that if they aren't doing the things that we ask, if they are not being clutch, so to speak, um, we have a phrase we use where we, we promote them to customer, which means they're not going to be working at clutch anymore. And that's just, I think, really important to protect the culture. Um, but to also let, you know, from the very beginning with training is letting them know. I mean, I remember sitting, sitting in our, in the first location we opened before we opened and trying to explain to people what this, what, what the vision was, what this was going to be like, right. Keep in mind, they had no reference point of, a of a Dutch bros, of a black rock, of any of that. Um, and, you know, they're asking questions like, oh, well, do we have to wear a headset? And I'm like, no. Oh, well, do we have to wear like an apron? I'm like, no, this is very anti Starbucks or whatever you're thinking this is. And so just really pouring love into them and explaining like, this is like, we have a, a position, a window position whose sole job is to focus on that customer and pour into them versus 
you know, almost any other fast food or, or quick service you'd go to where like you pull up, you pay, they close the window, they turn their back. Like all of that are the things we don't do, right? We're, we are in the relationship business and we sell amazing coffee, smoothies, et cetera. Um, but we build those relationships with people. So it's just setting the expectation and then making sure we protect it on the backside. We have a choice to where to spend our money and especially something like coffee that, well, again, you talked about this, I think somewhere, but how maybe it's an essential need, maybe it's not, <laughs> depends on who you are, but it's sort of an optional purchase. But if you, if you have a great experience, you're going to choose to spend your money. Yeah. Yeah. We actually, we had our busiest months ever during COVID. We weren't sure how things were going to play out, but we had our busiest months because I think people were, they were so cooped up and wanting to get out of the house and they wanted a slice of normalcy in a world of crazy that, you know, fortunately we were set up as a takeaway business. We were, we were set up, you know, strongly for that, but also just to have some interaction with another human being besides, you know, your immediate family, that's probably driving you crazy. Um, having a chance to just engage with, with someone else and, and breathe, you know, it's kind of like a little mini therapy session to some degree, um, which is cool. I mean, it's cool for us to be able to, to connect with people, but yeah, that that's, it's very important for sure. Well, do you have any crazy college stories that are podcast appropriate? Ooh, um, man, or fun. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I want to say the, the, the best memories that I remember, wink, wink, are probably from just going to football and basketball games, really. And like, that was back when Matt Court was still there being at games where like they had to get on the PA system and, and ask the crowd to stop shaking the backboards essentially from stomping, which was like, you're just, you're just poking the bear at that point. Um, and just tailgating. I mean, we used to camp out for tickets, right? That was like a thing. And now that's not, uh, not a thing, which by the way, challenge to the current student base. Like I see y'all leave the game early in the fourth quarter, not acceptable. Like you need to be there and, and support. Like that's, we got to We got to clean that up a little bit. I know. I think recent students maybe are too, are too spoiled because the ducks have been decent or good since they've been aware of sports. Whereas I think we grew up even living in Oregon when they weren't as good. I remember going to Autzen Stadium and sitting, like you could just buy a ticket day of and sitting in the end zone. Yeah, with, yeah. I mean, I had like a whole row to myself. Now that's not the case. They're all reserved and the student section is the only spot that there sometimes are open places. So yes, I agree. I'll second that. You guys need to stay. It's, it's a, and, and yeah, and it's like, enjoy your student tickets while you can, because I pay way more than I, than we probably should for season tickets now. And it's, you know, college is over in a flash, man. It, it goes quick. So enjoy your time. Like, where else are you going? Are you trying to get to Rennie's at this point now? Like, no one goes early. Don't be that guy. Stay, stay for the game. <laughs> well, is there any, like, final words of wisdom you have for, uh, again, Ducks, alumni, entrepreneurs? Any final words you want to share with us? I mean, besides once a duck, always a duck, I would say... I would say, uh, no, I mean, uh, per, don't be afraid to pursue what you're passionate about and test it out and see if there's an opportunity and network, right? Utilize, I mean, the U of O has an incredible uh, network to uh, alumni network to tap into. It, there's just, a, there's something special about uh, ducks staying together and helping each other. So, so network and, and utilize your resources for sure. Thank you so much for being with us. And just a shout out to people listening in the Bay Area that 
one day you will meet with Darren and I for a pub night somewhere. Very excited about that. I can't wait. Absolutely. No, thank you both for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, always excited to chat with other, with other ducks. So thank you. Be sure to check out the show notes for a link to Clutch's website and info about upcoming virtual events. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Duck Stops Here.